Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. Welcome to the Rude Dog Show. This is Rudy Reyes. Good afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Probably wondering about the glasses. And I'm going to touch on that. It always been a pet peeve of mine to make the decipher as to whether or not I can wear them, need to wear them, must wear them, have to wear them. I'm kind of in between must and have to wear them. I'm not quite sure how that looks yet, but <laughs> feel free to uh, give me your comments about that because I'm not sure these are just for aesthetics anymore. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show on today's California, as well as today's Canada A. We are live on YouTube, live on Twitter. Make sure you check this show out, like it, love it, retweet it, uh, embed it, whatever you got to do. I like that thing. I like that kind of thing. And I love those things. So I think I covered all the things. Let's cover something that I, I predominantly want to get into when the NFL season is here. And yes, I'm a little bit I don't know, for, for lack of a better term, I like what I'm looking at when you look at the NFC North, which is obviously a segue into what we're talking about today. Look, there are four teams within each division, and every time we talk about what's going to be on the horizon, what teams are going to rise to the top, those are going to sink deeper in the ocean with an anchor tied to their leg, uh, we think of certain teams. So some of those teams are ones that we either think about or we don't think about. And we count off as being, well, there has been, they're not going to be any better. And if they are, maybe a game or two, maybe three, but they're not going to contend for any type of championship. And with the NFC North, essentially what you get is, is Aaron Rodgers. He has the most playoff losses at home, uh, yet found a way to win the NFL MVP. And I would like to see from the Packers overall, I'll give you a real quick overview for those that don't know or those that do know or whatever that actually looks like. Hi, Maria. Thank you for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Hello, right back to you. Make sure that dog has another bone to chew on. Um, we look at the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions. Somebody wants to say Tigers, oh my. Whatever works for you. But there are four teams that did relatively okay, and they all essentially imploded. None of them were playoff contenders. Okay, fine. So Green Bay could have been the closest thing to being a winner just like sliced bread. Take your pick. I look at the Packers and I find my, myself in a real paradigm. This is, this, is, this is just really strange for me, and I don't predominantly have this type of discussion in regards to the Packers or Rodgers, where the Packers you know, going to be when we're talking about playoffs. And you could always have a conversation as to whether or not you're going to see Aaron Rodgers blow it again in the playoffs. Good evening, Bill. Thank you so much for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much for tuning into the show. It's more than uh, welcome. So thank you for that. You know, the, the Packers could very well snap an 0-4 playoff losing streak and essentially get into postseason without having Devontae Adams despite winning the North in its entirety. And of course, I mean, when don't they win the, the NFC North? They've done it you know, quite a few years in a row. They finished 13-4 last season, but it's more about how you come over how you surpass those adversities, those issues, those problems, lack of players. And in the NFL, it's, it's how you finish 
versus how you start, especially in the National Football League. I have the Packers, at least at this juncture, heading deep in the postseason and without Adams, with Aaron Rodgers imploding as he has in recent memory. I don't foresee the Packers, even with Rodgers, not having Devontae Adams will ultimately hurt them in the long run, especially when you get into postseason play. They just don't have the weaponry without that guy uh, as a part of their system who finds himself receiving uh, passes from uh, Derek Carr uh, in, the, uh, in the desert for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I just believe that there's a lot of reasons why I should forego them not winning the NFC North, which I believe they will, but will end up with an identical record at 13-4 and four this season, just like they did last season. And when you think of the NFC North, you think of rivals. And they haven't really necessarily been an extreme rival, but that would be the Minnesota Vikings. And I believe ownership had seen enough of Mike Zimmer, so much so that his coaching regime uh, had taken full frontal assault on it, enough to warrant releasing the longtime coach to bring in an offensive powerhouse. You might know his name. You might not know his name, but he's somebody who won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, and it was uh, Sean McVay's right-hand guy. And essentially helped them reach the Lombardi, grab it for the first time in Rams history. Uh, and the Vikings ended up with a season barely above 500. Now, which is very similar to that of having a straw and keeping air in your lungs and trying to breathe while you're in the moat. If anybody doesn't know what a moat is, try going to a Europe. You'll find out what a moat is real quick like. And the, the issue that I'm having is, is that with a record of 9-8, and eight, you expect to find the Vikings in a very different position versus what they were uh, the last couple of years. Yeah, they've, they've made some strides. They went backwards. They made a stride. They went backwards. And I, I don't know that, I mean, I hate to say this, and I probably said this before on a couple other podcasts, I'm not a fan of, of Kirk Cousins. I never have been. You may see that gift floating around saying, no, you like that, huh? Uh, there's nothing about his quarterback play that makes me want to like him. He's too inconsistent in the pocket. Despite, you know, throwing 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions. But that's last, last season and only completing about 50% of those. The sad part is that career-wide, career from beginning to where we're at right now, there's only a 0.6% differential. It's not as if he's blowing off the, you know, um, the skirt off the bed. All he's doing is wetting the bed. And unfortunately, in this instance, um, the Vikings will end up with a much better record because ownership had taken control, fired Zimmer, brought in McConnell, um, and puts them at a 10-7 and mark. I believe the Vikings, I think that's a respectable number for the Minnesota Vikings considering uh, who they play in that division with. And we're going to talk about two other teams in here in just a minute. Uh, this is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show on today's California, today's Canada. And make sure you tune in, uh, post, give me some comments, your thoughts. You know, wh where does the NFC North lead? Who leads it? Who wins it? Who does it? Who sinks to the bottom of the ocean? Who has an anchor tied to it? Maybe they didn't know it existed. That's certainly something up for debate. No doubt about that. I think the Vikings themselves will find that this is not obviously the easiest division to even win when you have a team like the Green Bay Packers who are all over you like white on rice every single year. They seem to have their number. They know that uh, Kirk Cousins is who we think that he is. I don't know that he's going to get any better. 
but I don't know that he's going to get any worse. I think more than anything, I think the Vikings would really have to look at this as the year goes on to make the determination as to, A, what kind of quarterback would they fill the shoes uh, of Kirk Cousins? I think more importantly, you have to look at the scheme. What do these guys go? Uh, you know, who gets drafted? Uh, what are the, the draft prospects uh, headed into 2023? I think it's really about Kirk Cousins. It's his job to lose. And I think it's really more important to understand that Kirk Cousins is who we think he is. I don't think, again, he's not going to get any better, but he's not going to get any worse. He's a serviceable guy. He's a serviceable quarterback. I don't have any issue with that. The issue that I have is, is that it's the inconsistency when he plays. Despite the numbers, despite the completions, I think Kirk Cousins is a guy that is a quality backup somewhere in the NFL. And the fact alone that the Minnesota Vikings continue to pay him is just insane. It, it, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It reminds me as to what the Bears did uh, with a couple contracts, not just one, but a couple contracts, uh, quarterbacks as well as the linebackers. So uh, I, I think this is really about what the Vikings need to do, what they have to do. And I think they really got it done in the 2022 NFL draft looking forward. And we'll talk about that as the show goes on. There's one team that kind of surprises me, though. And I think to myself, man, Jared Goff gets sent off on the Rams in a trade to predominantly where quarterbacks die. And I don't mean that literally. I mean that figuratively. Their stats, their ability to win games. I mean, ask Matthew Stafford. He knows all about that. He can tell you more than anybody else and more valuably than anybody else what it takes to win in the NFC North. Yeah, they're a dome team. How much snow do you think is in Detroit? Let's think about this. This isn't the best place to go when you're talking about anybody outside of Barry Sanders. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, okay, fine. There are mints. Maybe another Hall of Fame guy or maybe a couple of Hall of Fame guys. Um, but outside of that, the Lions aren't really known to have much of anything. And I know the ownership has been kind of dicey in the, the acquisitions from the head coaching. Um, but this is, this is a, a, a Dan Campbell type of draft. I like what they did. Of course, the first five picks in 2022 NFL draft were defensive players, as well as it should be. Because there are a lot of teams that were looking for low-hanging fruit, and it just happened to be a run-on defensive lineman, an edge rusher, a pass rusher. Um, Aiden Hutchinson certainly fits that bill. He's going to be that pass rusher that the Lions are going to need moving forward when you're talking about you know being able to do the swim moves and getting inside in the backfield and disrupting quarterback play. Is he going to be an instant sensation in Detroit? Well, that's really going to be about what his line will do for him how his line will be able to help break down those walls and do something to shake up this, this NFC North that has been otherwise taken over by the Green Bay Packers. I think mediocrity is set in as well for the Detroit Lions when you look at the amount of draft picks, the head coaches, and I, I, can't, even, I can't even imagine what a 3-13 and 13 record feels like. It's almost like, like you're, like you're in, in The Walking Dead or you wish you were in The Walking Dead or an extra in The Walking Dead but it was just a dream about the walking dead. <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to be said for this Lions organization. Dan Campbell exactly did what he needed to do. Uh, drafted the guys that I believe will make a big difference, including Aiden Hutchinson, who I think is a catalyst on that defensive line. Uh, it was, it was very interesting to, to be there, see him drafted, uh, you know, first uh, as far as the defensive lineman is concerned. First overall, he is, He's an absolute stud. I mean, he's a Michigan guy, born and raised, 
went to Michigan, was an extreme disruptor in the backfield uh, in, in, in every team that he faced in college. Um, and I, I don't know necessarily if this team will be able to get out of the shadow of their own end zone. But I know this, Aiden Hutchinson himself will make his name quickly and, and make no mistake, this is a guy I look forward to watching every single Sunday because of one reason and one reason only. I want to see him get the sack record. That's what I want to see him do because I believe he has that kind of talent. He has the burst. He has the hand strength. He has the abilities to get in the backfield to be the guy that the Detroit Lions have been needing for quite some time. Is he going to be the opposite of who Barry Sanders was for the offensive line now on the defense? That remains to be seen, and that's another card that I don't put before the horse. So I want to make that relatively clear right up front. I, I believe that when you look at the Lions, I think they're going to get out of that shadow. And it's like Poxitani Phil. Every time you see that guy creeping his ugly head, you know that you're going to have two, three, four weeks more of winter. But the minute he doesn't come up, he's done for the season and kiss your weather goodbye. And I think somehow, some way, the Detroit Lions exit mediocrity. And I would say probably the Lions would achieve somewhere in the nine to eight winning record. Now that's winning for them. Out of three and 13, nine and eight is a number that I'd really like to be at if I were the Detroit That's a win in of itself. And if they get into postseason just by chance, just some chance, I think they may be able to turn the table. It's all about quarterback play, offensive uh, line play. Are they going to protect Jared Goff? defense or are they going to be able to create enough mismatches on the defensive line in order to get into backfields on a regular basis to be the disruptors that they want to be that remains to be seen i think dan Dan campbell certainly has a way of getting to these guys if it's not this year it's going to be next year for the detroit lions there's no doubt about that this is rudy reyes on the rude dog show live on today's california live on youtube live on facebook live on twitter i'm just alive everywhere i'm alive the next team, speaking of opposite of being alive, and I think the more like dead in the water, is the Bears, who basically did almost next to nothing to help themselves. However, they did find a way to get rid of a head coach in Matt Nagy, who I believe was overrated and clearly not competent for the job there in Chicago. Now, I don't know how, much, how many Chicago fans I'm talking to you right about now, but I think when you look at Chicago, I think they are a dumpster fire. Uh, yeah, they got rid of Matt Nagy, and that's wonderful. And they acquired the, the, the right guy with nothing but hyperbole uh, associated with him, and the firing was way overdue. I mean, ownership has done absolutely nothing, not even big enough to host a Super Bowl. So as you can imagine, this team is trying to find its own identity. Where do we go from here? And I believe that when you look at the left side, they didn't do anything to help protect Justin Fields on the right side. They lost a couple key components in Robinson. Um, and I, I really, I'd like to think that the Lions would be able to put something over on the Bears. I don't know if they can get that done, especially this year. But I do like the fact that they may be able to have their script flipped for them. And I think the Lions will be a huge, um, a, a huge sleeper when it comes to not only fantasy points from guys like Ian Hutchinson, uh, depending on if he gets into the backfield more frequently than he does and sitting on the sidelines because you can't figure out the play calling. I think Aiden's going to be the absolute difference maker on that line, uh, not being able to protect Justin Fields for the uh, Bears' offense. 
I think overall it's going to be an eight, nine season for the bears. I think they're still in the recreation mode. Um, but I don't know. That remains to be seen. I, I'd like to think that the, the, the bears would be onto something. They would do something more than what they're actually doing. Um, but I want to break down on a per team basis. I'm not going to have enough time to probably go through all these guys, all these teams, all these head coaches, all these moves, but let's start with the Vikings. We were talking about the Vikings earlier um, who Kirk Cousins just can't seem to get out of his own way and really did nothing to help his struggling team, not to mention questionable play calling situational football. And Mike Zimmer with, you know, never had two winning seasons in a row while in Minnesota, he produced one in 2017 when his season uh, record was 13 and three in 2019, 10 and six. And if you want to talk about being barely over 500 in 2018, the record for the Vikings were eight, seven and one. So if that shows you any type of mediocrity as to what the Vikings are going to do, then there you go. That's exactly what you're looking at there. However, I think, I think when you look at the change in the guards, when we're talking about um, the lions, gosh, is this so, this is so interesting because again, I don't think that, that the lions are contenders to win the NFC North by any means. So don't get me wrong and don't, don't read into it too much. Um, but when, when I look at the changes within the NFC North, they, they bolstered up big time. They really did. Every team strapped their boots on and decided that they needed to do something and do something drastic. There was more talent, and, and we'll talk about the undrafted uh, rookies that were brought in by the, uh, by the Bears in a minute, but the amount of undrafted free agent guys in every single camp throughout the NFL, there's just so much talent there. I don't know if they're going to be able to get a fair shake or – proper evaluation in order to determine whether or not these guys are going to be on the next level or if they're on their way out that that again that remains to be seen i i think that the actual change will occur with the vikings now that o'connell has has the helm um sean mcveigh's you know guy is who he was and when you have matthew stafford in a ferocious defense certainly doesn't hurt your cause oh and by the way uh that super bowl trophy that eluded uh, the the Rams since facing off against the Steelers in the Super Bowl, uh, you know one has to assume that the head coach of a team is yet to find its identity. I believe that if Cousins doesn't take them deep in the postseason, his job will be in jeopardy. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier in regards to who's going to take him. Um, is he going to be a free agent? Because if I were the Vikings and they don't get past that hump, and you look at Cousins that doesn't get him into the postseason deep in the postseason without unnecessarily and costly turnovers and protection up front, they're done. They're as good as done, and you're going to see Cousins walk. I think the first order of business for uh, general manager uh, Adolfo Mensa was to get O'Connell um, success, a, a successful draft, not only for him but for everybody else, including Lewis Sign. Um, and I, I think overall you look at a B-minus for them. I think it was a first draft under him as well as O'Connell. Um, and there were 10 draft picks that Minnesota actually snagged. And what's interesting is, is that um, the Vikings traded up with the Lions in order to move out of the 12th pick spot because they didn't like what they seen at the 12th spot. But the Vikings did address some, some serious needs. I mean, they, they went into uh, different gamuts like in, instinctual play, uh, better in man coverage, uh, are they going to you know, beef up against the pass for the secondary? Uh, what, what are they actually going to do? 
And I, I think that um, when you look at Asamoa, who's today's modern day linebacking guy, um, he, he's going to appreciate Eric Kendricks in a very, very big way. Um, I, I think Aiden, because he's such a local product, will certainly help out. Um, but I think overall, when you look at the Lions, um, this is this is this is Dan Campbell's draft. This was something he needed to have, just like Adolfo Mensa. He needed the draft. Kevin O'Connell needed the draft. I, I think all these coaches in first year, second year, general managers, first and second year, needed to have successful draft. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a whole lot there. Um, oh well, thank you, Rodolfo. Um, I I appreciate that. Waiting for a program to be fun and interesting for Mexico City. Happy day, luck. All right, I appreciate it, and thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. I, I appreciate that as well. Um, I, I think when you look at the Green Bay Packers, I I, I don't know that you can lead any division uh, better by have not having Aaron Rodgers, but because they have them and he's won the NFL MVP twice. I think they're really on pace to do it again. The problem is, again, going back to what I was talking about before, there are records that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams possess. That's chemistry. Can they relive that chemistry? Can they do something with that chemistry? Can they actually make a, a, a shakeup within the AFC West? That's another show for another time, but uh, it's certainly a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, the, the, the interesting part about the 2022 draft is that they try to compensate for not having Devontae Adams. Why they would not grab a guy in the first round, a speedy wide receiver who's physical, tall, has all the athleticism humanly possible is beyond me. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to ask. You'll have to ask the Packers. But they did acquire some defensive guys from the national championship team in Georgia. Uh, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, I think those guys will be a one-two punch, especially when you're looking at, A, the familiarity they'll have to play on the line, B, uh, the ability to uh, cross over to get into the backfield uh, and to stop those running lanes from being open. As we've seen last year, that had been the case. A lot of teams were able to actually run on them. Green Bay overall did had did have 11 picks. Uh, they received, I, I, I think, I'm a little critical over the Packers because they didn't, didn't do anything to address the Devontae Adams uh, loss, unfortunately. Um, but they did grab Christian Watson out of uh, NDSU, North Dakota State University. Um, I, I just don't know that it's going to, I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough to be quite honest with you. And that's where they're going to falter trying to get into uh, deep into postseason. But when, when you look at, when you look at the lions on the offset of that, um, they signed a ton of free agents running back, Greg Bell, San Diego state university, Cedric Boswell, corner of Miami, Terry, uh, Derek D. San Jose State tight end uh, tackle Obina Easy from TCU, uh, Nolan uh, Javon from Southeastern Louisiana. They really mix and matched here. I mean, they they have guys that may or may not be there. Uh, two guys at Appalachian State, Corey Sutton, wide receiver. I've seen him super fast, like super super fast. The only knock on him is that he's not as athletic as I would have liked. Uh, but defensive lineman Dem Demetrius uh, Taylor, at a, also at a Appalachian State, certainly a great guy. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the cut. Uh, Jermaine Walker out of Virginia Tech, great story for him. Um, I, I think that when you look at the NFC North overall, there was some separation brought on by the Detroit Lions and having the Detroit Lions you know, grab the guys that they did. 
whether or not those guys will be immediate impact players, that remains to be seen. But I, I just believe that Detroit Lions, because they have more of a formed identity than the Chicago Bears, I see them moving on to the next level and jumping over the Bears, who will end up in last position in the NFC North. So uh, again, um, this is you know this is this is all on paper, folks. I mean, th- this isn't anything that if your fans out there of any one of these teams, you certainly know what your team is capable of doing. But whether or not they pull it in when they need to or when they have to, that remains to be seen. I'd like to think that you know this is going to be one of the most competitive uh, uh, divisions in football. I don't know that it will be. I know the AFC West is extremely, extremely well thought out. Uh, they're going to be a knockdown, drag out uh, division in the NFL. Uh, and of course, the AFC North is always that way as well, also in the AFC. So uh, again, one of those things where you know the AFC overall dipped into the money that they had and acquired the talent that they really needed to have to bolster the AFC to make that much more I don't know, I want to say worth more in the long run than the NFC. And, of course, Cowboys are one of the most expensive franchises, uh, and, and clearly their, their net worth is in the billions. Uh, but one team alone, and there's some others, obviously, but um, overall I think the AFC is still uh, – they're the division to beat overall. And, and you know, the, the last three winners – uh, or two winners rather were from the AFC. So, uh, except for the, uh, except for the Rams. Uh, but I, I just think, and I just think there's a lot more to the AFC uh, division overall, uh, than people are really giving them credit for, but the NFC will obviously be very competitive, uh, in regards to teams spending a lot of money. Uh, but I just think the AFC is, is worth a lot more. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Thank you for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Love having everybody on. I love the commentary. Keep it going. Like it, love it, share it. I appreciate it. Uh, I will have this replaying tomorrow. So if you missed out on this show, uh, hashtag in case you missed it or I-C-Y-M-I, uh, make sure you check it out. This will be on the Show.com. Throw me a follow at Rude Dog Reyes on Twitter. And uh, find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. And nowhere all at the same time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Everybody have a great evening. See ya.